Yeah, so look, I'll, I'll just be honest. Like, I'm, I, I, we're both on the same page here. I'm having a hard time kind of talking myself into any of the larger dogs this week. Yeah, of course you are, you idiot. And that was me. And this is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I am your host, Bobby Adcock. Yeah, there's only one explanation for David Blau throwing a touchdown on fourth and eight, down 20 to nothing, to push to bring my Power 5 selections last week to 1-3-1. I am not a man of conviction, but after last week and maybe the last four or five weeks, I am now convinced that not only does God exist, but he, she, or even they they hate my guts. It's the only explanation. It's the only thing that makes sense. How can this be happening? How can I get boned by David Blau two weeks in a row? If it sounds like I'm deep in my head, just wait till you hear the fantasy quarterback situation I was in this week and uh, what I was seriously considering. And what I did. Well, it's all coming up. Um, We're going to jump right into the week 15 of NFL with the doctor. There is no college football segment this week. We just have the Army-Navy game. That will return next week for uh, the bowl game kickoffs on Saturday. And uh, But we got a full 15-game slate here for the NFL. A lot of stuff coming up. We do it all. We got playoff chases. Are the Patriots done? Who's the Cowboys' next coach going to be? The Peloton commercial. We do it all, and it starts right now. All right, it is week 15 in the NFL. Uh, Before we get there, um, we're just going to do a little quick review of college since there's just the Army Navy game this week. And uh, and first, of course, let me just say uh, I'm here with the doctor as always. It's in 14 weeks. Uh, we're entering the stretch run here into this uh, fall winter season. How are you feeling, doctor? Doing well, Bob. Um, I'm still a little disappointed with the the NFL records so far, which I'm sure you'll get to. Uh, but excited here for the next couple of weeks as we get some uh, some bowl games in the mix. Yes, and so we're not going to pick the Army Navy game, but um, yes, the next oh, two we still Saturdays. The troops, of course, we still respect uh, the troops. I mean, of, of, course, of course, of course, just not not the football teams. So, um, <laughs> so next two Saturdays are big bowl Saturdays. I'll be back then for my uh, little DFS segment as well. But we're going to get bowl heavy. Um, in the coming weeks and for the playoff, of course. So, um, and just to mention real quick, because I have nothing positive to say other than my college record, um, through the regular season, I was 55% on the year, 
I thought that was uh, pretty solid. They did, did it nice. I think it was three and one last week. And then, Doctor, you had a 48% record as well. Not not bad. It was just two games below 500. And I think around, we picked around 70 games this year. So um, not bad. But, of course, you, you know, your model is more uh, directed towards the pro game. So uh, why don't we get to that? Because uh, as I kind of mentioned on the open, um, I'm deep inside of my head right now. And uh, I was one, three, and one in our Power Five selections. That brings my record on the season to 26, 42, and two. Now, that is a, listen to this. That's a win percentage of 38%, okay? Now, overall last week, explain this to me. Overall last week, I was six, six, and three. For the season, that brings me to 88, 102, and 5. 46% on the year as opposed to 38%. And that's a drastic drop-off in the games that I actually, quote-unquote, like. So, um, yeah, is that, what does that mean? Can you explain that? Does that I, mean I think it? you said it. It means you're deep in your head. Yeah, that's what it, it means. Yeah. And I, you know, I mentioned on the open, I think, um, I think if God is real, um, he, she, or they hates me. So, um, all right, that's that's, uh, and let's talk about your record, uh, a winning record last week in the power of two, one, and two. There was actually three pushes overall uh, in the NFL, but you were had two of them in your power of five. Uh, I think it was one of them was Cleveland, and I, I don't recall Tampa. the other. Tampa. Oh yeah, yes, of course. Oh, the, the big the big comeback for Crab win by three. Yeah, we'll get um, into that. Yeah, we will. We will. My push, of course, was David Blau uh, in his uh, junk touchdown with, uh, yeah, fourth and eight. That was, was awesome. Yep. 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 So you're two, one, and two, bringing you to 31, 35, and four on the season. Uh, still got that chance, that winning record in the Power Five selections. You're 47% there. And then um, yours translates fairly straightforward to your overall record. You were five, seven, and three last week. 91, 99, and five on the year at 48%. So very close to where you are in your power five and a very uh, legitimate chance with about three weeks to go now. And that brings us to about somewhere around 45 games to pick. Uh, you can get above that 500 mark, which I think is, uh, you know, approaching any industry standard. So, um, hey, Let's see what we can do, and let's look at the overall trends as the sirens again there approach. Is. Sirens, you know, I live in a tough neighborhood. Um, okay, so overall trends. Uh, last week, wow, that's a, that horn is really something. Um, favorites were five, seven, and three, bringing their overall record on the year to 85, 117, and five. Uh, another incredible split was for home road teams last week. Continuing road teams uh, killed them. Home teams were 3, 10, and 3 against the spread last week, bringing it to 85, 115, and 5. So very similar to like what the um, overall record is for the favorites. So if you just go dogs or road teams this year against the spread, I did a little quick math. Um, you, you're winning about a 58% clip, which is pretty solid. But really, if you say you did $100 on each game, you factor in the juice, factor in the five pushes with the juice, you're up around two grand. So all that work, you know, it's kind of kind of interesting when you think about it. And also, 
I, I just I didn't think about this, you know, kind of in all of our experiences and all the different angles we've seen this at. What are we doing? We know how this goes. We know how this goes. And we, entertainment. I, I know, but it's it's so funny. It's like you know who you're going to end up having to cheer for. It, you know, we'll get to that later. I'm going to talk about that in some of these games about who we'd be taking calls on. So, all right. Anyway, um, home favorites last week. Another ridiculous week. Home versus favorites were one six and three, bringing their record on the season against the spread to 46, 81 and five. That is a 64 percent uh, win rate if you just go against home favorites. So yeah, it's road dogs. Uh, that, that's incredible. Um, and then home dogs were one and four last week, bringing them to 35 and 36 on the year. Substantial favorites, which we consider to be of seven or greater. Uh, and at, you'll hear in the open, uh, they were 0-3 and 2 last week, bringing their overall record to 20-31 and 2. Um, and of course, that was the week last week where I said, hey, I just really don't care about the line. I'm just taking these big favorites. I think, uh, you know, hey, they're going to win the game. And then, of course, the one that lost outright last week was the Texans, who were in my power five. Um, and that brings favorites by seven or greater that have lost outright to 11 on the season so this week doctor we have uh we're at no buys again you know we're back to a full slate there's 16 games there are nine home favorites seven home dogs five substantial favorites of seven or greater we are skipping tnf i think baltimore is having their way with the jets anyway right now um and we're gonna start out with the Bengals. And Belichick is back. <laughs> Pats, minus nine and a half. I've talked a lot right there. Why don't you just lay out um, the Patriots scandal, all the stuff this week. It's, it's just crazy. Well, Brady, well, Brady's done, all of it. Yeah, scandal, of course. Uh, you know, <laughs> Spygate 2.0, I think, is what they're what they're calling it. It's just it's just so ridiculous. Um, there's there's nothing there, and. The biggest thing here, are people stupid? All, all they're doing is creating something for the Pats to rally. You know, <laughs> that's, that's all it is. Yeah, it's like, I, I was listening to something else where somebody said, like, uh, uh, Belichick did this on purpose to get to get the team <laughs> to rally around. Like, he's that smart. He's that far out in front of it. Like, yeah, let's just come up with this, and everybody will think we're cheating again, and we'll just rally around it. So that's what's going to happen here. And, I mean, you know, you, you know my take every week. It's... It's it's New England all the way, and especially when they're, you know, when they're upset, um, and they're coming off two losses. So right. Well, uh, football wise, I mean, Cincinnati's uh, two in their last twenty-two for uh, two wins in the last twenty-two games. Um, they're obviously not good. New England's thirty-nine and fifteen against the spread since two thousand, coming off a loss. So uh, you put all that together, coming off two two L's, um, they're going to start rallying around, and it's one of those games where. Look, they're they're trying to find themselves a little bit offensively. They're upset. They're gonna put it on them. I mean, they might win the game at thirty. So you got you got to take New England minus nine and a half here. Okay, look, um, you know, you said this is the Patriots, blah blah. blah. And that's kind of what I want to start you with this too. Is is this still the Patriots? Um, and, and no, no. Okay, are they still? We talked about the Super Bowl's gonna come from one of four teams. And kind of that, that four teams was Pats, Ravens, Saints, Niners the last couple of weeks. Are the Pats still in that group? Yes. 
Okay, okay. okay. But if they get, it, no, you gotta admit, there were a couple of questionable calls last week, some big ones, which basically, okay. I would say, say cost them the game. I think it's fair. They, they cost them the game last week. Uh, if they win that game last week, we're not, we're not even talking about this. So, I mean, let's not make the make it any bigger than it is. It's still the Patriots. It's still Tom Brady. They're fine. They'll be there. No, well, I, I think it's bigger. It is bigger than that because... So they're they're two and three in their last five. Three of those four games, they've had under three hundred yards of offense. That's not just like a one game thing. And they only got above three hundred against the Texans because they were down twenty eight to nine and got a bunch of empty yards, uh, as you know that we've seen a lot with our lines. So um, that was just kind of a fake little stat game. And uh, who are we kidding? KC and Houston. These are not. Uh, average at best defensive teams. These are not great defensive teams by any stretch. And I even thought last week, I thought if they're going to get right, it's going to be against the Kansas City team where they can kind of almost line up and run them over. And kind of what they did last year is they did convert to a more of a power run team where Brady didn't have to do everything. Um, and the only problem with that is this year. Go, go ahead. Would you say something? I was going to say, first of all, the Casey defense is... Improved. They're not great, but they're much improved from they were earlier in the year. We'll get to that a little later on. Uh, and look, it's it's fair. The, the Patriots offense isn't great right now. They're struggling, but look, they'll they'll find a way. Like they'll figure it out. Like I mean, every week they're just testing different things. You know, they did come out running a little more last week. Um, it didn't didn't necessarily work that well, but they'll they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. That's what see, they do. They're, gonna, see, still, they're still getting the receivers together. They're, they're, trust me, they're gonna get it there. See, I think if they would have figured it out, it, it would have been done by now. Um, because here's the thing, what they did last year, they went to this, you know, fullback, weak eye form stuff. And the reason they did that is because they had one of the best blocking fullbacks in the game in James Devlin. He's out. They also had one of the best, no one talks about this, but one of the best run blocking tight ends in Gronkowski. Yeah. Um, who could also they're the, make, they're the Patriots until they're not man, and until oh, they tell you I, they're not. I don't know that you're right until they tell you. I tell you, I here's my point: is I, I don't think this is correctable anymore. I don't think they have the personnel. Um, I don't think they have the receivers. None of these guys are panning out. Uh, Nikel Harry just hasn't uh, come on. Uh, what's the what's the guy who always gets suspended? He didn't pan out again. Um, he's he's off the team. Uh, and just no one's, you know, they got Jacoby Myers out there who's a rookie who's not bad, but they just don't have the, they just don't have the players, and it's not talk, talk to me in January. Talk to me in January. All right, Brady or Lewerke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since Did you make that, a there or no? <laughs> All right, since he's been competitive the last four games, I think this Patriots thing is real. I do not think they'll be in the Super Bowl. Uh, they are two one and one against the spread in their last four games. That is Cincy. I'm taking Cincy plus the nine and a half. So let's get on to where I usually flex them out into the last 1 p.m. game, but I just don't even care anymore because I can't stand these guys. It's the Lions who are 3-9-1. They're at home against our boy, Crab Legs. Tampa Bay minus 3.5. Tampa is 6-7. and seven. Looking to get back to 500. Uh, where are you coming out here? I think I know, but I, I'll, I'll let you know. I mean, what, what a performance last week. Crab legs. Vintage. Sat, sat out a drive, right? I, I don't know if he was hurt or mentally challenged. I, I don't know what it was, but sat out a drive, still went 456, 4, 
four TDs, a rushing TD, and of course, three picks. And he got to, still got to eat that W. I mean, just sweet perfection from what did one pick go to the house um or very close i believe it did yes yeah it was uh the one of the yeah he was a linebacker over the middle and csx serious Darius Leonard. yeah right right. yeah good night uh (laughs) so i just so special from crab like since he's just been doing it for us every week you know when we look at these games you always kind of look for a game within the game i got a good one here so crab legs 28 picks this year He's definitely yeah. going to get the 30. Detroit D has only called, has only forced five interceptions. So what are you going with here? A crab legs playing turnover low. I'm not going to call it turnover free because that's not going to happen. Turnover low, let's say one pick. Or do you think the Detroit D uh, increases their pick total by like 40%, which would be like getting two picks? What do you guys I, I, I think I think when there's crab legs involved, there's no rules. You throw out like, you know, this defensive force this they're not good it doesn't matter this guy uh the the thing i like about him what makes him him and what makes him him good and bad is he's just a gunslinger and he goes out there he short he throws, short he, he throws the ball downfield though he's always looking downfield always looking to take kind of high risk chance throws and he lets guys make plays so um yeah it, it's yeah. it's the best best worst thing about him yeah, I think that, you know, the one question about this, so there's no Evans this week. Um, he's out, which hurts right. hurts Crabby a little bit. But uh, Perryman and Howard have had, had good weeks over the last two weeks. They've combined for 289 yards. So he can find some other guys. And uh, I, I'm not going to take the, the Lions and your boy Patricia's D uh, against Crab Legs. No way. Um, plus, you throw in uh, Tampa Bay. He's got a great run defense. And we know Blau's not going to be able to expose their poor pass defense. And Marvin Jones is out, too. So pretty easy one here, straightforward. It's it's crab legs minus three point five, and I'm looking forward to uh, to watching this game. And I'm sure there'll be some special weird plays that that we're going to see. Well, you're wrong about David Blount not being able to expose the defense. So uh, he look, this is perfect Lions football. They win stupid games like this that don't matter, and uh, they just screw their draft position. And yeah, I and I've already gotten I've already gotten killed by David Blount twice the last two weeks, and I'm sick of it. So um, I am on the three and a half points. I think Tampa, I think you tell me, I think if you're taking calls this week on a lot of these games, I think you're getting a lot of Tampa called in. I, I believe that. I, I So if you look at the, the numbers, I typically go look at the percents of where the, where the number of bets are on each team. I don't have the money numbers. It's uh, 49, 49% on Tampa, 51% on Detroit. I would have said that too, Bob, if I hadn't looked, but so it's a pretty even split there. Okay. It's the crab legs effect. Um, all right, but we I like this. We got a lot of disagreement. This is great. It's good um, for me. Some, so it, oh, it's it's. We're talk, we'll talk about that. Uh, I'm I, gonna I, let you go first on the Power Five this week, and then just go out. You have no idea that I was going to say for the sake for the sake of the podcast. So one of us is to have a winning record. I think we're going to do this. So <laughs> I've already had a thought. All right, all right. All right. We go to uh, Green Green Bay. Um, another NFC North showdown here, and this is scary to me. Green Bay opened up at seven-point favorites at home against Chicago, and this is down to four and a half now. Um, I don't know anybody who kind of looks and goes, you know, I like Trubisky versus AR-12 with less than a touchdown on the road in a late-season game. I just I, – I don't know who's doing it. Um, I, I guess if you're asking if there's a case for the Bears – 
say, hey, their their backs are against the wall. They have to kind of win out to have any chance. Their last three with this Bears team, you know, with the great defense um, going back to last season, have been close uh, games with the Packers. They've been all one-score games. So uh, I guess they've played them pretty well. And I, I, I guess, so that decent case there, and I get it, but I can't make the leap mentally right here uh, and, and do it. So I'm just going to say I'm going Green Bay minus four and a half. I'll let you respond to that. Yeah, this is a this is a big one for the playoffs, I, and I think unfortunately for for the Bears fans, um, you know Lambeau is officially where the Chicago playoff hopes are going to go to die this week. I just I'm with <laughs> I, I don't see the case. Um, you know, there's a lot of historic stats of AR12 dominating Chicago. I'll spare you those. You, you probably can already assume them. Um, you know, but as far as this year's teams go, Green Bay is six and one straight up and four and three against the spread in Lambeau. Chicago hasn't covered in its last four road games. And then I, I just think there's kind of delusion on both sides here. So there's a lot of hype for the Chicago team right now for three straight wins. Uh, it's the Giants. You know the, the, Lions, you know the games. <laughs> and it's the boys, right? And they're getting a lot of credit for that boys win for some reason. And I think the only thing we learned from that game is just confirming that, that the boys are a clown show. So I think Chicago is still the same Chicago. And then on the, on the flip side, look. Uh, people are still questioning Green Bay. They're questioning the defense. The team's ten and three. Uh, um, they right. do win ugly now, which you may make a case to take points because against them because they're winning ugly. But I'm not ready to do that with Trubisky. They're they're going to win the game. Green Bay is, um, you know, and they're they're still they're still getting it done. I already explained to you why the two losses happened the way they did in California. So you know, really only one of them. <laughs> um, and this this numbers it's not it's not big enough to keep me away. So I'm with you. Green Bay minus minus four and a half. Yeah, I'm kind of it's kind of scary, but I I can't get there and do Trubisky uh, uh, in this situation. So, all right, we're we're in agreement there. Let's get to um, a, a nice game. I think you probably looked at this game maybe a month ago and said, uh, who cares? But it is a uh, Houston at eight and five. This is pretty much you know for the AFC. South in a lot of ways. I, th- I don't. I think they do. They play twice in the yeah. next three weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then Tennessee's probably the hottest team, one of the better stories in the NFL. They're at eight and five. Uh, Tennessee's minus three at home. Where's the doctor coming out here? Yeah, I mean you said it. Tennessee, one of the, the hottest teams right now. Um, last seven games, six and one straight up, and six and one against the spread. Uh, Tannehill has the league's highest passer rating at 119. So that that's incredible. Is, it is incredible. Offense has been on fire. Uh, on the other side, though, um, you know, the defense for Tennessee hasn't been that great. Uh, they're giving up almost 23 points per game uh, in that seven-game stretch. So I, I think they are um, they are the hole in this team right now, which is, is surprising to, sit, to say. So you got Houston coming off this, this terrible loss to Denver where um, Locke just shredded them. Uh, so I, I'm looking for a turnaround from that Houston SWAT Team D. Uh, if you remember the <laughs> SWAT yeah. before the New England game, maybe maybe they'll try that again. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, um, and, and and I think you know I think uh, Deshaun Watson and the offense will get back to, to doing what they're doing. I, I wonder though, um, you know, if, if Fuller being out is a big deal for these guys. It seems it seems to be a little bit like that deep threat when it's not there. Um, He's tracking into play. Okay, he is tracking. Okay, he's which is good. So, you know, the games where he hasn't, I think that deep threat is, has cost them a little bit. But um, you know, Deshaun Watson is eleven and five against the spread. Um, 
when getting points. So I'm taking Houston in the points. I think they get the, the first win of these two matchups over the next three weeks. Yeah, and I think that game last week, I just what a Bill O'Brien special that was against the Broncos. I mean, they're coming off probably their best win in maybe their franchise's history. And and then they you know, you just you go, can they can they keep it together and can this team kind of handle that kind of win and success? And they just totally shit themselves. I mean, I, I was watching some of that game. It was they, the guys were wide open for Denver. I mean, that, that had nothing to do with Drew Locke, nothing to do with Denver. There was guys, when they were they were throwing the ball. They were, it, there wasn't anyone to run for 10 yards. Well, what is this? So I mean, after that, they turned it over three times, which is pretty uncharacteristic of them. Yeah, and it was just, uh, yeah, it, it was just a B.O.B. special. So um, he, he's, he's just not a good coach. So, uh, yeah, but look, I'll, I, I think you got to look at this game and go, do you want to be on the side of the hotter team or the team that just kind of got embarrassed? And I'll just say this. Uh, since starting 0-3 to begin last season, the Texans are 19-7 and with Watson as a starter and have never lost back-to-back games. There you go. I am on Houston. You know my feelings about Deshaun Watson. I think he's very special. So um, I'm sticking with him here in a game that I, I think will be a nice, close game, and I'm looking forward to watching it. So uh, Houston plus three is the pick for both of us. Let's move on to that Denver team. And Drew Locke, 2-0 as a starter, heading to Arrowhead. And the Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. They are 9-4 and four after their win over New England. Denver coming in at 5-8. and eight. Doctor, how you feeling? Yeah, this one is uh, this one's interesting. Sixty-eight uh, percent of the money is coming in on on Denver, um, which I think is a bit of an overreaction to the, to the last two wins. Um, you know, dating back to 2015, KC has dominated Denver. Chiefs are eight and zero straight up and seven and one against the spread. Um, so there's that component to it, and then just kind of looking at, at this year's teams from a football perspective. Uh, we talked about earlier that the KCD um, has a really bad rap from earlier in the season, um, but it's been pretty good over the last three games. So first 10 games, they gave up 148 rush yards per game uh, on the ground. And yep. in the last three, only 103 per game, and they forced eight turnovers in those three games. So that defense is starting to come together. On the contrary, the, the they've improved. They're not, they're not they, terrible. They yeah. So... I think Bill Holden, on the contrary, that the Denver pass D, um, I think is still getting a lot of hype from earlier in the year. They haven't been as good lately uh, as they were earlier in the season. And I think Holmes and the Kansas City offense, who ranks fourth in scoring at 28.5 points per game, will take full advantage of that. Um, I think KC is going to blow them up pretty good. I got KC minus nine and a half. Yes. I, I want to ask you a question as well about Kansas City. If you had to pick them or the Pats to go farther in the playoffs. Who you got? Oh, the Patriots. Okay. All right. Without without hesitation. <laughs> well, come off it. All right. It's fine. Right. What, what, what yep. evidence is there that I should come off it right now? I, I already laid it out in the first game. This is a, this has been a I'll pattern. You, uh, I'll see you in January. It's a pattern. All right. So, um, by the way, this is a Drew Lock homecoming game. He grew up 50 miles away from the stadium. Huge Ooh, I didn't know that. Chief, yeah. Huge cheese fan going out. Oh, big, big, big nugget there. Um, so, uh, speaking of that, Drew Locke or Tom Brady? 
right, all right. So the way I look at this is, um, you know, kind of going back to last season when the Chiefs kind of became the Chiefs and Mahomes is Mahomes. Um, when they play kind of an average to below average team at home, here are their scores. 49ers last year, 38-27. Jacks, 30-14. Bengals, 45-10. Denver, 30-23, which was the one team that stayed within single digits. Uh, Zona, 26-14. Oakland, 35-3. This season, Indy lost 19-13, as you remember earlier this year when Mahomes was kind of banged up. And now they're kind of back to full strength, and they're the, the Chiefs with – you know, Mahomes healthy. They got a full uh, complement of weapons back, and then they played Oakland forty to nine. So, I'm going to go with kind of what is the rule and not the exception here with this full strength Chiefs team when they play at home. They play well. Uh, they still need this game in a lot of ways. It's very it's very possible because of that. Uh, Tennessee or Houston has wins against them, against them head to head, so they're only one game behind them. So even just to stay in the third spot in the AFC, they really need to keep winning. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs going to hit them hard. And like I said, I, I don't think that Denver win last week had anything to do with them. It had everything to do with the Texans uh, partying for four days after they, they beat the Patriots. So, um, and I also got to think this is that LSU reset I had and that take about kind of just like very high level offenses just yeah. are always going to beat you know, good defenses like Denver's. I think they do have a good defense. They're ranked six against the pass. But when you have this level of quarterback play with the weapons they have, I'm always going to lean on that. So, yeah, I think Kansas City uh, wins big here. I'm going to take that minus nine and a half. And that gets us to the next game where everyone's been waiting for. It is the Dolphins traveling to MetLife to take on the Giants in what we believe will be Eli Manning, who is back. Uh, the Giants are minus three and a half. We have a battle of three and 10 and two and 11 taking place in the Big Apple. Uh, Doctor, how do you see this one playing out? Well, for some reason, this game is stupid. But for some reason, <laughs> the, pub, the public is all over Miami. 75% of the money, it's magic. Um, or sorry, 75% of the bets, it's magic. Uh, and his second straight week in, in MetLife Stadium. So maybe they're betting on some familiarity there for him. Um, yeah, I'm a sucker for a good story. I'm, I'm going I'm going to Giants <laughs> here. I'm hoping Eli, Eli gets a W in the, in the home stadium. Uh, um, you know, they're facing a Miami pass defense that's given up 31 pass TDs, second only to Arizona, which has given up 32. You give Eli a defense like that, he's going he's gonna to tear it up. Uh, especially if all the weapons are out there, speaking of complement of weapons. Could be the first game. I think we said this last week. It didn't happen. But Barkley, Shepard, Tate, Slayton, and Ingram could be the first game they're all out there. You put Eli with a group like that, it went by double digits. Kidding me? <laughs> yeah, th- those are all uh, those are all his boys that he, he played with last yeah. year. Yeah. He knows yeah, he's, he's doing. Great. Yeah, great. I, I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about this one. There's not much to say. Well, yeah. I You know, I, I just... I'll say what I said earlier on a message to you. I said, "All right, I'm in the playoffs in a in a fantasy league. Am I starting? Am I starting? Here's my options: Lamar Jackson tonight on Thursday night, David Blau against Tampa, which I really believe in, or Eli. 
<laughs> you know, you know my answer. It was, it was. You can't start. You can't start Lamar in a short week. You kidding me? I know. I think he's going to have seven touchdowns tonight. I think. Well, he already has two. But uh, anyway, uh, so I, I did not start Lamar. So I, my options are now. I mean, you were kidding, right? Come on, you weren't serious. I didn't. I didn't start Lamar Jackson. So I'm down to Eli or Blau. <laughs> you were joke like I mean you're doing that as a joke in the league, right? That wasn't like a serious football decision or question. You're doing that as a joke. I thought it was a legit question. Lamar's banged up. <laughs> I, I totally thought you were kidding. <laughs> Lamar's banged up. All right. Anyway, well, whatever. Yeah. It was serious. <laughs> oh my god. So now, so now, so now I gotta go. Well, Eli, just, this this podcast just lost all credibility. <laughs> if we had it to begin with, we just cabin lost. pressure has been lost. It's Eli or Blau. Oh, I was kidding in my response. But anyway, it should be Eli now. Okay. Well, listen. Um, I'll tell you why 75% of the public is on the fish. <laughs> it's because um, they might be 3-10, and 10, but they're 7-6 and six against the spread. 7-2 and two in their last nine. I think Ooh. that might be the best uh, in the league, if not uh, very close to it. So um, I'm going to continue it. I'm uh, no longer laying off the fish. I, I picked him last week, so I'm a Sam Fitz Magic in MetLife plus the three and a half. And who cares anyway? It's a terrible game. Speaking of bad football teams, how about those Philadelphia Eagles on Monday night could not cover uh, against those very Giants and Eli? They are six and seven, uh, you know, one in overtime, of course. Uh, they're minus four and a half in the nation's capital against a three and ten dead skins. Um, and not only is Philly six and seven, four and nine against the spread, lost four straight. I mean, it's just they're, they're bad in real life. They're bad for gambling. They're just they're bad fantasy team. Like you can't start anyone. Uh, now also Jeffrey's out, so. Why don't you just respond to this and uh, take your pick? Well, you laid it out. I mean, I, my, my pick is Washington plus four and a half. It's <laughs> shocking to say out loud, but I, I think this is a case here where people are just trying to to will Philadelphia into being good, and it's I mean, it's just not happening. Um, you, you can't just barely beat the Giants and Eli Manning led Giants team in overtime, um, you know, and then lose the week before to Fitz Magic and the Dolphins, 37 to 31. I mean, you said you can't trust anything. They're super inconsistent, and you know, fantasy kind of joking and things like that. I mean, you can't you can't start the players because they're so inconsistent. Um, yeah, you kind of laid out some of the other losses, but they've only won and covered twice on the road this year. Uh, and let's be honest, Washington is playing its best football. It may not be good football, but it's their best football. Uh, and they've been competitive in some games. They've won some games recently. So, hey, I'm get, gonna hey, get, get, guess guess who's two and one? Guess who's two and one as a starter and three and zero against your, the spread? Your boy. <laughs> your boy. <laughs> I'm on him. I'm on your boy Haskins this week. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, I think you said it well that you just have to let it go. They're not good. Like they're just they're not a good football team, and we maybe hit on this a little bit earlier in the year, but right around the time, right before they went in and beat Buffalo pretty soundly, there was a lot of guys who just recently got cut, um, who were veterans and kind of like scapegoats a little bit. And there was a lot of guys. I mean, 
coming out publicly, you know, the, guys usually don't do this like right immediately. We're just kind of talking about how these guys are delusional and this locker room still thinks it's 2017 and they're like the Super Bowl champions and they're, you know, like this, they, you know, they're this elite team and they're not, they don't get it. And so um, there, there was more than one person talking that way and talking about how their mentality is just so far from reality. So um, it, it seems like that is just playing out right now, where even though they won that game on Monday night, who are we kidding? That was not a good performance. No, it's terrible. <laughs> right, right, right. Like a win, a win's not a win. Like all wins are not created equally here. And like that, just you didn't play well. So, and that's on a, that's on Monday night. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna turn around, you're gonna get right, and you're gonna like say, all right, now's the week. Like that's the week, guys. You're nine and a half point favorites. You got a terrible a terrible Giants team coming in with a backup quarterback. Who are we kidding? And uh, you guys should not have won the game. Uh, you got to get to overtime. So we're both on the Deadskins and my boy, Dwayne Haskins, plus the four and a half. And that takes us to the final 1 p.m. game to talk about. And it is the Seahawks coming off their first loss in a while. They're minus six headed to the Panthers, who are, uh, you know, kind of in a free fall, as we talked about. They're five and eight, sales 10 and three. And I want to ask you, Doctor, we talked about kind of the, the Panthers' psychological state last week and you know, the seven stages of grief and grief. And are, are they at least in the acceptance stage at this point? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, you did have cornerback uh, Dante Jackson apologize this week for, I don't know if you saw this, I did. questioning your boy, uh, Perry Fellow's defensive play calling. Yes. Um, and he said we never practiced those plays in those situations. Um, he happened to get burned, I think, when you touched on those plays, so maybe that was um, why, he was, why he was upset. Um, so you kind of ask me, does that mean they're an acceptance? Did that apology get him to acceptance? <sighs> no, I don't think they're an acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're, they're still awful. You know, the interesting thing here is you were, you were alluding to earlier that um, there are games when you're uh, – if you are a bookie where you're going to have to cheer for certain teams and this is one where uh, over 85 percent of the public plays are on are on seattle so you'd have to be cheering for carolina here yes. normally in these cases i would i would go the other way and jump on carolina because it's normally how it works out i just i can't see it here there's there's no way um you know seattle needs this um to kind of secure their playoff spot they're they're coming off a loss. They uh, they have the third best run offense against the 29th ranked run defense. They're averaging 26 points per game, which puts them at fifth. You know, Carolina's giving up a six league six worst 28 points per game. I just I can't see it. I tried. There's no way um, I can get on Carolina here. So I'm going Seattle minus six. Do you think Carolina has made it to the acceptance phase? I do. Okay. And I, I do, and I think I think this is what I'm kind of dubbing this week as is spoiler week, where teams are now officially taking on the role and owning that we're spoilers, and that's our identity now, and that's our motivation, and it becomes kind of a professional motto because this is the point of the year where you see which teams are still going to be professional about what they're doing and which teams are kind of just 
mailing it in. We'll get to some of those teams. But um, I have to think Carolina still has tons of veterans everywhere. You know, Luke Keekly, um, Mario Addison, like, you know, guys, all every position group, I, I can't. They've lost five in a row. A lot of them have been embarrassing losses. Um, I, I just have to think they're going to at least a couple more times this year uh, rise up a little bit and try to win a few or be really competitive. So uh, you laid it out perfectly for me. Uh, lots of calls coming in on Seattle. How many? How, hey, how many? How many teasers is Seattle <laughs> being thrown in? So. Um, yeah, look, I am going to go with Carolina. They still have one of the best offensive weapons in football, and Seattle has a very shaky defense. So I think the easy button is that they just hit Seattle and go, oh, yeah, bounce back, win, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, Carolina is the side I'm on plus the six points. We understand how it works. we got to pick a side. So I'm doing Carolina. You're on Seattle. Let's get two. Oh, oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before, let me just go. Let me just go ahead. Go, go ahead. You, you have the open. Well, well, no, I'd like to talk a little about Oakland first before you get a chance to. No, we're we're on the four p.m. games now, and, and uh, go ahead. It's, it's Jags and Raiders. Raiders are somehow minus six and a half. Go ahead. Well, I, I guess the first question. Well, I'm gonna ask a question and make a couple statements, and then I'll give you a reaction. Um, are your Raiders fine? The last <laughs> three weeks. Thirty-five uh, to three against the Jets, forty to nine against Kansas City, forty-two twenty-one against Tennessee. Total of a hundred and sixteen to thirty-three, or roughly thirty-nine to eleven over the last three games, averaging three hundred yards of total offense. Putrid thirty-three percent on third-down conversions, which would put him in the like, bottom six of the league. Um, I just what do you what do you have to say about that? It's just awful. Yeah, a, a lot could happen in a month, Doctor. A, lo- a lot could happen in a month. Um, look, look, a month ago, the Jags were five hundred, heading into London against the Texans at four and four, kind of in a divisional pivotal game, right? And also at the same time, Oakland was on their way to six and four. There's all kinds of wild card talks. Gruden for coach of the year talks. I mean, these are real discussions. Um, since November 17th, as you touched on, both teams combined are 0-6 with a point differential of negative 157. So, yeah, yeah, I didn't ask you about Jacksonville. I just didn't make that clear. Yeah, you, di- you didn't ask about Jacksonville, right. I, I, so, look, both are not fine. Raiders are not fine. No. But it leads me to a question. And that question is, which of the following three is the most pathetic group of losers in the bunch uh, over the last month? Okay. Is it is it the Jags Raiders just as a pair? That's that's the one. Okay. Is it me going seven and twelve and one in the Power Five over the last four weeks? Or is it three people outraged by the Peloton commercial? <laughs> I'm certainly number three, <laughs> without without a doubt. It's, 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 it's much like to pile on you. It has to be number three. It's it's so number three. It's not even. Yeah. I, I mean, I I actually you tell me. I'm starting to think that there's people like on Madison Avenue or whatever, like ad ad execs 
and they're like in boardroom just going, I guarantee you, I can make this into a controversy. And they're like, no, you can't. And they're just like, watch, watch. I got a few people at this publication. I'm just gonna say, hey, say this, this is uh, sexist, say it's uh, somehow this is, um, you know, biased towards this, whatever. Just just write an article, start the controversy, get on Twitter. I'm like convinced this is this can't be real. Like I, you've never met anyone who's actually offended by this, right? Like I, like there's I have I am not. Like that's what I mean. Like no one's actually in real life met someone face to face and gone. Can you believe the Peloton ad? Like it's never happened. That I don't I don't. Can, am I wrong? <laughs> I, I'm sure it's happened somewhere, but not in our circle. Uh, have you seen the the Ryan Reynolds gym commercial that followed it? That was brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Brilliant. That's good stuff. Brilliant. All right, so we both agree it's the Peloton commercial. Are the biggest group of pathetic losers or losers last month? All right. So look, if you bet this game, um, see Cal immediately. This is, I, I, it, you tell me, um, is six and a half? Does that make any sense? Um, me and you think it's too big. I, I just think, yeah, you got two teams kind of in a tailspin, and clearly neither of them are good. I think the Raiders technically have something to play for. And, yeah, I think they'll probably win the game if I had, like, you know, I had a pick. But if you're throwing out six and a half points, I'm on the Jags. Uh, I am on the Jags, too. But you say that 78% of the public is on, uh, is on the Raiders. At six and a half. So um, I'm on the Jags just because I think your, your Raiders are a joke. And I think you're a joke. Um, <laughs> their largest, the Raiders' largest margin of victory is eight. And that was back in week one against Denver. Um, yeah. The other five wins or seven or seven points or less. So, I mean, six and a half feels pretty good right here. Yeah, I mean, this is either, you know, just a ridiculous, like, clown show of a game where, you know, who knows who wins or – this is bought and paid for. The Raiders win by like forty. <laughs> so you're not you're not teasing the Raiders. And you're not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm teasing the Jags up to twelve and a half. All right, uh, let's move on here. It's such a bad game, um, and we get to the the desert where uh, the Cleveland Browns are six and seven, minus two and a half, headed to the three nine and one Arizona Cardinals. I almost like this game for both. Uh, teams where it's kind of better off the field for narratives than it is on and i want to know your answer to this question will obj be in cleveland to begin 2020 um no (laughs) i mean are you referencing the reports where he's like going over to other teams like getting out of here Yes, and that's exactly what I'm referencing. <laughs> in warm ups, like yo, give me out, give me out. And, well, and, and there's, uh, there's, not even it's not even a report. The, the Baker Mayfield talked about like the botched medical staff. So you know how that goes. I mean, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. So no, he's out. He's gone. I don't know where he'll go. He's out. I I, I agree. Okay. Um, all right. Look, I think. You, oh, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, remember, you remember like eight weeks ago when I was talking about the Cardinals and they were building and forward, <laughs> uh, that that worked for like two weeks and, and they've been a disaster ever since. And then remember, you know, throughout the years, we've talked about the desert and how teams go there and just crumble. 
Yep. Uh, you know that that narrative is dead too. Arizona was one five and one at home, uh, losing by an average of fourteen points in those five games. Right. I mean, they're on a six-game losing streak by an average of eleven point eight points. Uh, Murray hasn't broken two hundred passing yards in, in three of those six games. Just not not a good look for Arizona. It's disappointing. I, we love the desert. We've loved it for years. We've had to cheer for them um, in our past life um, for other reasons. Um, but hey, the Browns are winners in the four of the last five, and they're averaging double-digit margin wins in those four. So uh, I'm on Cleveland here, uh, minus two and a half. Their slim, slim playoff hopes are uh, are still out there. So I think they get this done. Okay, and I think you know you, you're right. You're talking about. Vegas still wants the desert to be the desert because they're doing everything they can the last two weeks. You know, they had the Rams like three. Pitt was two and a half. They had these small numbers. I mean, they still want that desert to be the desert. And now I got Cleveland minus two and a half as well. There's like someone's got a cl- someone's going to get clipped here. Um, and it's the last chance for Zona. Uh, their next two are at Los Angeles against the Rams and at Seattle. And it's really their last chance to even get a win, frankly. Um, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, I think they've lost, got six or seven straight games. So, um, and kind of talking about the off-field narratives that I was talking about with Cleveland, here's the one with Zona that you were also uh, alluding to, talking about, yeah, a few, you know, weeks ago, or you know, maybe a month or month and a half ago, it was kind of, okay, they're 3-3-1 three, three and one after they beat the Giants. And I talked about this, but I'm just going to kind of reset it about their offensive performances. And again, this is the offensive system, right? This is Kingsbury, Murray. This is the whole philosophy, the whole purpose behind these big moves they made. This offense has gotten worse. So Giants game and moving forward, total yards, 245, 237, 357, which was a lot of empty yards in a uh, blowout loss. 417 against the Bucks, 266, 198, and then 236 last week uh, against Pittsburgh. So the, the, those are those are awful. Numbers. Not good. Awful numbers. So I, my question to you is, Doctor, because this is a thing where I I do like the fact that they did what they did. I like people that do bold things and take chances and make big swings. But we all knew going in, this is a high risk, high reward thing with taking, you know. Kingsbury, who wasn't even, I don't know if he had a winning record as a head coach in college, Texas Tech. So you take him and you, okay, we're just going all this offensive philosophy. You, you blow out Josh Rosen. He's out. We're taking Kyler Murray, number one overall. Okay, cool. It's not a great year one. It's not necessarily even improving late in the season. So my question to you is this time next year, doctor, this time next year, are we closer to the discussion of Kingsbury Murray is an utter disaster or Kingsbury Murray is setting up for a big third season. Well, I mean, if you, I know it's ridiculous because well, no, 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 it's your one, right? But the, the, the problem they're going to run into right now as San Francisco has risen to the top is that division. So, so tough. good. So, and, and it's not like those teams are getting worse, right? I mean, Seattle's got a couple good years and it's still, obviously San Francisco is just, just kind of finding its groove, and they're going to be good for the next few years. You know, the Rams haven't been great, but they're starting to find form. So, 
I shut the window on. I shut the window on the Rams. They're done. Yeah, so. you should, you should open it, by the way. It's the back open. Somebody opened it. I don't know if it's you or somebody else, but it got open. Um, so I mean, that that's a problem. That part. I mean, that's. Do you see them beating those teams? Maybe one win. So there's one in five, right? So um, it's going to be tough sledding for them. Um, I think they'll improve next year. Be, be, they'll definitely get better. I mean, I guess they can't get worse over the past few weeks. But um, you know, the record part of it is going to be tough for them to, to overcome in the next the next two years. So. Um, you know, they'll have to have some, some serious discussions on that next year. Yeah, well, and I mean, things move fast, right? I mean, like, this is not like a thing where, oh, we're going to give you five years to figure it out. Like, right. like if, if this is going this way, uh, like, you know, in this time next year, like, it's it's kind of over. Like, teams know what you're trying to do. It's not working. You're done. So um, I guess if I had to pick, I would pick option one. Uh, but... I just think it's an interesting question. So, all right, listen, um, I think the Browns' level of professionalism cannot be trusted. Ooh. And they may be looking at the Baltimore, and I'm taking a run, one last run of the desert here. I think it's still okay. live. Vegas it's thinks it's nostalgia still nostalgia coming in. You, Vegas, you just want it. Vegas thinks it's still live. Um, they got one last chance to get this done. They got to win one more game. Arizona plus two and a half is the pick. So let's get to um, L.A., where the Chargers are at home coming off a beatdown over Jacksonville. They're five and eight, and they got uh, the Minnesota Vikings at nine and four, minus two and a half to the Chargers. I, I'm pretty simple right here, but I'm going to let you kind of start this one off. Um, so this is one where another one where the public is is high on one side and it's it's Minnesota and Cousins. Seventy eight percent of the bets are coming in on Minnesota, um, and I think what's interesting here is um, you've got a Minnesota team that's just three and three on the road this year uh, against the spread, so not great. Um, facing a Charger team that just came off their their best game, they're um, they're getting healthy on both sides. And, um, you know, Minnesota two weeks ago, uh, their secondary was kind of exposed by Seattle. Um, you know, unfortunately, your boy Blau and, and the Lions don't have enough to expose them until until late in the game for one score. Only to um, cover, only, only to push. Yeah, thank you. So I, I, I think um, that's kind of a weird game, right? I don't think there's going to be, certainly the Chargers aren't going to have a lot of fans there, but either Minnesota, it's just a weird spot. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Chargers here, and I think they're you know play level of professionalism. Bill Rivers, they have it. Uh, I'm going Chargers plus the points. Yeah, you you bet your ass they have it. And uh, <laughs> look, spo- spoiler week is gonna continue right, right now because uh, this is what the Chargers do. They get themselves into a position where the season's over, and they start winning meaningless games, and they start playing their best football. They're the Lions of the AFC. So, um, yeah, I'm all over the Chargers. I, I love them here. Uh, and it's kind of picking a narrative for me. Is it, you know, the Chargers being that team that just wins meaningless games and gets in these positions every year? Or is it Minnesota being up on bad teams? And I don't know. If, I don't even know if Chargers, I would call them a, a, a bad team, like, at this point. But um, not a good team. But either way, my narrative oh, is... Uh, yes, energy. My, my narrative is stronger leaning with the Chargers. Just this is so Chargers. 
to win these games right now. So absolutely Chargers plus two and a half, no hesitation. Um, and then we go to Dallas, the Jared Dome, where they are six and seven. And they have um, the L.A. Lambs, as I like to call them, at eight and five coming in. And the Lambs somehow, you know, not somehow, but I mean, they're minus one and a half points here where I think both teams have been very underwhelming for the overall season. Lambs have played well in their last two games against, you know, very kind of handicapped opponents. So uh, where are we at here with this one, Doctor? Well, I mean, you said the Rams are, are, are playing better. Uh, they've won three of the last four. I do think it's funny, like people are saying, oh, they're starting to take on their Super Bowl form. I think they're really far away from that. But they are closer to a playoff team form than, than they certainly were a few weeks ago. Um, you know, this one, 88% of the money is or, of the plays are on the Lambs right now. Um, Seriously? Win- yeah, yeah. No, it's early in the week, so I mean, these numbers, it's a, it, they're a little, a little sketchy, but still. Um, so here's here's the deal. I'm looking for reasons to go the other way. I can't find it. Look, the Rams are 8-4 this season against the spread. They're 4-0 against the spread in their last four December games. They are 5-0 under McVay against teams entering with a three-game losing streak, which Dallas has. Dallas, on the other hand, is 1-5 against the spread against NFC West opponents in their last six. Of course, we know the number that Dallas has is zero wins against teams with a winning record and are 1-7 against the spread in those games. So, you know, I, I think Dallas and the NFC's narrative continues and that they're just awful and it's a clown show down there. And, and my question for you is, after the Rams take care of this game and, and cover, um, What's the update on Garrett? Uh, so I was going to ask you, um, for coaching candidates, um, here's here's the best ones. Let's pretend you're a Cowboys fan, okay? Dan here's Tony. your, like, <laughs> here's, here's, here's uh, like, some of the best candidates that have been thrown out there and, and you know, uh, speculation and rumors, blah, blah. Pick one if you're a Cowboys fan. Mike McCarthy, Ron Rivera, Josh McDaniels. Um, McCarthy. So okay. there's a, there was a little little article this week or last week where McCarthy in the offseason has um, you know gone back to work on some analytics and has kind of looked at alternative co- uh, approaches to coaching, try and um, you know make himself a better coach. I can respect that. I appreciate that. Refresh, recalibrate. Yeah, refresh. I think it's a. I mean, look, he's proven he can get it done, and if he's going back and looking at other ways to do things and kind of understanding his faults i'm i'm all in for for a guy like that okay um i i guess i would just say um based on that twitter clip that was sent to all of us about ron rivera going nuts in the locker room oh yeah uh, yeah, i think ron rivera is kind of like a personal hero of mine so i would just say uh ron rivera at this point and you know he's been to a super bowl as well so um he's 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 proven where um when he has the right stuff in front of him so yeah look i i with this game here um you may or may not have known but uh jason garrett really went all in earlier in the week and to motivate his team he played a highlight reel he did that whole bit of their good plays on the season 
play that played that for his team. I love it. Yep, that was that was his big that was his inches speech, which I think they said he did it for the second time this year. He he when they I think when they try to end another three games a three game skid they he played a a positive highlight reel for the team. So my question to you, Doctor, is who's more desperate? Is it Garrett's coaching tactics, the Democrats trying to find a presidential candidate, or me making NFL picks this week? Ooh, um, not to you. <laughs> to you, yeah, for sure. I, it was a toss-up between you and number two. To, <laughs> sure, sure. That's pretty bad too. But you, yeah, you're you're most desperate for sure. Okay. All right. Well, continuing the, continuing that desperation, uh, I am on the boys because you know my narrative, and I I think the lambs. Good for you. You beat the Cards and you beat a Seattle team that I, you, you, good good offense, great. Um, their Seattle defense is not good, and they just kind of they caught them on a week where Seattle's bound to lose a game. They just they, they were they were out of gas. So um, I think Dallas can. Yeah, but I mean that, you're, you're you're I mean, but you're buying in a little bit to the. I mean, so even if you want to throw out the, the, the Rams wins, like, against those teams, are you still buying in that the Cowboys are a, a good team here? I think they like the highlight reel. Yeah, I think they like the highlight reel. And, look, I, here's the thing, is I don't think these teams are far apart at all. And one team has, I think I think they've lost three straight. They've been embarrassed. And, look, these are they're men. They're not machines. They're going to they're, – they need to play well again, and they're – yeah, it's late in the season or whatever, but they're going to bounce back at some point, and they're not as bad as the three in a row games that they just had. So, yeah, I, I think Dallas. So they were gets, they were men, and they and they couldn't bounce back against Mitchie last week. So these same men. Yeah, hey, they, it, oh, okay. they, they right. didn't they didn't have it. Look, it, it all, they were it was desperate also, enough at that point in time. Come on, they didn't they didn't have the highlight reel. They didn't have the highlight reel. So, so look, I'm on the boys. <laughs> Plus one and a half all over them. Um, the Rams, like I said, their windows shut. I, I put the nails in it myself. So we're moving on to um, the last 4 p.m. game, and it is the Niners at home at 11 and 2, coming off that uh, unbelievable, awesome win. They're minus 10 and a half, like I said, to the Falcons. The Falcons at 4 and 9. And as awesome of a win as that was, and I just want to lay this out because, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people watch the game and, you know, or follow that game. But I just want to be clear that the Niners were down 21-7 to that game and had every right to kind of go, all right, we just went to Baltimore. We're second back-to-back weeks in the road. Like, you can kind of see, like, all right, maybe we're, this isn't our week. They went on a 35-13 to run after that. Yeah. That's just incredible. Uh, and... And um, the only problem was they sustained a massive amount of injuries in that game to very critical players. Uh, DJ Jones, who looks to be uh, very doubtful, it was one of their best run stoppers at nose tackle. Richard Sherman's banged up, is doubtful. D Ford, one of their defensive lines, uh, ends doubtful. Weston Richburg, starting center on one of the best offensive lines in football. Uh, out for season and Kawan Williams have been a revelation at cornerback 
he's very doubtful uh, for this week. So I just think they've come off like two very emotional road games, uh, just high-level games. It's hard to kind of come home and, you know, put that together again and put together this great performance. I think Atlanta's hit the reset button a little bit, and they are, unlike the Browns. I think their professionalism can be trusted here at this point uh, with all the veterans they have. They have been playing better and very competitive. So I'm just going to take the 10.5 points in Atlanta. I will let you respond. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of those injuries are going to be tough for them. I, I don't I don't think they matter this week. I mean, it's it's Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible. Um, and look, the, the 49ers have four double-digit wins at home uh, this year already, three of them by uh, by greater than 28 points. So they, they've been putting on people uh, at home all year. Um, and look, the defense speaks for itself. I mean, it's good. It's great. Um Falcons are averaging 23 points a game. I don't see them getting to that number this week. And the Niners are second in the league, averaging 30.5 points per game. I think they're getting there this week. So I think San Francisco does what San Francisco does, and it's going to cover the 10.5. Okay. Another disagreement. It's going to be a good week in some ways. For me. For, so, for me. For so. This All next right. one This next one is the – go ahead. You're going to talk more about that one. No, I, I think uh, – yeah, I mean – I would like someone to uh, uh, surpass the 500 mark. So, yeah, th- th- this is good. This is good. I, I think I'm pretty much uh, foregone there. So, we get to SNF. We have the Buffalo Bills at 9-4, and four, coming off their loss to Baltimore at home, traveling to Pittsburgh, who is somehow, some way, 8-5. and five, And they are minus two. They won in the desert last week. And it looks like not only uh, are they back at home, they got maybe James Conner and Juju back as well uh, to kind of help them along here in what has been just kind of a patchwork offense. So um, where is the doctor at on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, I hate this is a big one. I mean, this this has um, huge playoff implications, obviously. You know, both of these teams um, – have another big game on their schedule in the next uh, two weeks. Uh, Buffalo yep. will have to play New England, and Pittsburgh will have to play Baltimore. So this is this is a pivotal one for, for both these guys. Um, it was interesting here is both are favorable ATS situations. Buffalo six zero one ATS in the last seven road games. Pitt is five one ATS in the last six and five one ATS in the last six home games. A lot of similarities in the teams. Um, both rely on the run. Both are you know, pretty strong defensively. So my bigger question here, is this the start of Buffalo going Buffalo? I mean, Buffalo fans have been, this thing get crushed every year. They get their hopes up and they're ripped out at some point, whether it's the, during the Super Bowl in the 90s or uh, in New England later on. Like, they're just always getting ripped out. So I want to ask you, do you think this is the start of an 0-3 stretch? Well, how about this? How about just an 0-2 stretch where Buffalo has to play the Jets in Week 17 for a playoff spot? Uh, so I, I will say this. I, I don't think this is a team that's just going to, like, implode. I, I will say that. They, it's not like they played really badly or got their asses kicked last week. They, they lost, and they lost to a better team. 
um, but they they weren't embarrassed or anything. They were competitive. They were they, they gave themselves a chance to win at the very end. So, uh, but I don't think they're winning this week. I, I don't. I, I like Pittsburgh. You mentioned that they're very similar teams. They're running defensive, uh, very good defense on both sides. But the Steelers do what great D's do, which is they take the ball away. They are first in the yes. NFL. First in the NFL. 33 takeaways to the Bills' 16. And they're first in sacks at 48. Uh, that's the Bills' 38. And we, Josh Allen, I think he's I think he's fine. I actually think he's made a lot of improvements. But he does still get a little bit sloppy with the ball. Uh, he did last week once. So I am on Pittsburgh minus two here. I think that defense is... Uh, kind of the competitive advantage in this game. So I'm on Pittsburgh minus two. So I'm I'm with you on Pittsburgh minus two. You 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 nailed the turnover stats and defensive stats that I was gonna hit on. Um but I will go this way. I think this is the start of the now. I think they okay. lose to New England next week and I do think their hearts get ripped out in week seventeen by the Jets. <laughs> oh, and I think the Bills and I think the Bills <laughs> missed the playoffs. Uh that I mean, to, to go – no, I can't go there. I actually think Sean McDermott has done a good job there. I think he's a good coach. I'm not going to do that. So, no, I'm not there with you. Uh, a loss to the Jets would completely reverse everything they've been building this year. So, I, I can't do that. But, uh, but no, no. Uh, and, hey, can I bring in a kicker angle? How about this? A kicker sure. angle. So, hey, let me ask you this question. Does either team get to 20 points in this game? No. Okay, so when we both agree on that, and that kind of tells you that, hey, you know, a lot of red zone opportunities probably missed, not a lot of touchdowns, so could come down to kicking Pittsburgh fourth in the NFL. Their kicker is 26, 28, I don't even know his name, uh, 93% in field goals, 100% in actual points on the year. Buffalo kicker, don't know his name, but 22nd in the NFL, 18 of 24. At 75%. They've missed two extra points. So, hey, just a little, just, you know, if you're looking for. Just, I mean, who are we getting? Two points over under in this yeah. game is like 30, 37. Hey, every extra point, everything's going to matter. So, uh, the kicker angle is there. Pittsburgh minus two. We are both on. That takes us to M and F. And we have uh, the Saints. Again, we're a participant in one of, one of the better regular season games we have this year. Uh, and their loss to the Niners. They're at home here, minus nine points to the Colts, who are losers of three straight, five of six overall, and they're six and seven on the year now. Um, and I'm just going to give you, I think, the common sense, you know, play here is people are going to say, well, you know, Saints lost. What does Drew Brees do after a loss? With the Saints, and I, and I'm gonna, I took the number since 2017 because that is the collection of talent that has been the current Saints team when they've had this core group together, and they've been a good Saints team. Now, with Drew Brees starting in that era, New Orleans is five and one coming off a loss. Four or five of those wins were by double digits, um, and. I'm going to let you respond to this. I think I know where you're going to go. I have some more stuff to say, but go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's a 
whole lot of ways to go on this one. I think it's, uh, I think it's New Orleans. You've mentioned the Colts are in this free fall. I mean, they forced three interceptions last week, still couldn't win the game, gave up 38 points and were shredded for 540 total yards. Um, they've got the 22nd ranked pass defense going against New Orleans with eight ranked pass offense. We put up 46 points last week against, you know, maybe the league's top defense. Um, also, Colts rely heavily on the run. New Orleans top five rush defense. I just, I don't, I don't know how this goes well for the Colts. Um, I think the Breeze and the Saints roll, and um, you know, they're going to put a bunch of points, and it'll be a good game for them to uh, get a W and continue. Only lost last week. Continue some positive momentum for them on the offensive side. Okay, I think similar to what I talked about with the Niners, kind of coming off some very like high-level um, emotional games, where it's hard to kind of get up for those games uh, back to back when you're playing, you know, at home against a mediocre team, uh, and also a game like the Niners where they sustain a lot of really key injuries, where Marcus Davenport, uh, one of their kind of rising stars opposite of Cameron Jordan defensive end. He went on IR, huge loss for their pass rush. Uh, Sheldon Rankins, their big nose tackle, who's a run sufferer for them, who's part of that run defense you talked about. He's on IR, he's out. Um, Von Bell at safety, highly questionable. Cameron Jordan even showed up on the injury report this week where he hasn't practiced. Um, and again, I just think it's where you're coming off of really really high level game uh, where they, they lost and it's just hard to kind of come off that and get up for this game against the Colts in a certain way so I'm going to take the Colts in the nine points where they're six and seven maybe this is their one last stand they still have that offensive line and they maybe they can take advantage of some of these injuries um, so you don't know what you're talking about you don't know what you're talking about you asked me about Eli and Blau, and I thought you were joking, and Lamar just threw his fifth touchdown pass tonight. Gosh. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh, God. Listen. Now, get it together. All right. Well, I, I, I have it together with my Colts. This is their last stand. They're going to put in a big performance, and these injuries, at least for this week, this is just too much for them to kind of, you know, they're – Tough to nine's a big number to cover. It's a lot to ask. When you cover nine, you got to play really well. You got to play almost, you know, you got to play close to flawless. So, um, Colts plus nine is my pick. You, we have a lot of disagreement, and let's get to the power five. And I will go first. And like I said before, um, for the sake of the podcast and uh, one of us getting above 500 in the NFL. Maybe, maybe a good strategy for here is you should go opposite. You already ruined our credibility with this Lamar discussion, so it doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, all right. Chiefs, minus nine and a half, my first pick. I'm going Desert, plus two and a half. Chargers, plus two and a half. The Boys, plus one and a half. In the Falcons, plus ten and a half. There it is. Okay. There it is. All right. Well, um, we've got quite a different picks here. All right. Uh, New England, minus nine and a half. Crab legs, minus three and a half. AR 12, minus four and a half. 
Put a Baker minus two and a half. Oh, got two here. Give me the Steelers minus two. Give me the Steelers. You got it. You got Duck Hodges and Steelers. Five, that's five and all right there. I'm back, baby. I'm back. Uh, you sure you just want to cancel it out and go opposite? Sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I, like, I'm cheering for you. Uh, you know, you can, we can sell this NFL. I mean, obviously, my back hurts from carrying us in college, but that's fine. You know, no big deal. Let's see how uh, bowl season goes. See, see how bowl season goes. All right. Well, hey, um, that was week 15 for the NFL. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the takes were, were well well thought out and uh the picks we will have to wait and see is there anything you would like to close with um what sports are we going to be able to watch tomorrow night when we get together that's the question there's nothing uh, on. we're lost without the friday action yeah is any of your premier league soccer stuff happening no we don't play on they don't play on no no well ho hopefully live pd is new Oh, that's good. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a good call. We'll get some live PD. There we go. All right. <laughs> very, very, I'm very excited, of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe a presidential debate. I mean, that's oh, God, no. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, man. Uh, good luck uh, on everything this weekend. And uh, yeah, we will uh, We'll be back next week. Oh, I forgot, too, we can watch the U.S. get obliterated by the international team in the President's Cup. It's Patrick Reed's fault. I think, you know, we all need a villain here. So I'm fine with him. I think everyone's fine with him just, you know, being the, the reason, karma, his cheating ways. Um, it's already the guy that everyone just kind of loves to hate. So it fits. So we get to watch that in prime time, uh, and uh, yeah, this is week 15, just NFL this week. We'll be back with a little Bull game preview for next Saturday as Bulls kick off, I think, mostly Friday night, and then a full slate on Saturday. We'll talk about that. We'll get into week 16 in the NFL. All the storylines, all the hot takes, pop culture mixed in, and of course, probably some bad picks by me. Uh, we'll see. Uh, but until then, good luck this week. Thank you for listening. This is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports pod hookup. I am your host, Bobby Adcock. Twitter, Instagram, at Sports Pod Hookup. Me at real Bobby Adcock on both. Until then, I say good day to you.